This podcast explores explicit and adult-themed content. If discussions of sex or male bondage offend you, or if you are under the age of 18, you should not continue listening to this episode or future episodes of The Bondage Gaze. By continuing to listen, you acknowledge that you are at least 18 years old and aren't offended by discussions of male bondage, sex, pornography, or other kinds of content with sexual themes. Hey guys, welcome to The Bondage Case. I'm Sammy. And I'm Nat. And today we have our first ever returning guest. Welcome back, Gaza. Hello. Thank you for having me back. That's all right. Thanks for being on. You're welcome. So we are discussing safety in bondage. We have had some interesting submissions from our viewers this week. It's great to see all your stories where stuff has gone wrong. Well, not great. I feel some of you have had some unfortunate moments, but we appreciate you sharing them with us. <laughs> it's been interesting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Some recurring themes, but we'll get to that. All right. So I guess, Gaz, like since you're, you know, our first reoccurring guest, I guess we have kind of new kind of questions yeah, to ask you. So, um, yeah. So has anything changed for you since you were last on the show? Not that much has changed. Um, Obviously, lockdown back in April was still quite tight here in Scotland. So we kind of opened up a bit more throughout the summer. So I was able to start kind of meeting people again, which was good. And because I moved into my house in December, it was kind of the first time I was able to have people around and not just family and friends and stuff, but people to to have some fun with. So I've been abusing that as much as I can, (laughs) especially in the last few months. So that's the only thing I would say has changed since April time is actually be able to have people around for social sites and kinky sites. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird because I think of like lockdown and all the stuff because we weren't, hadn't gone into lockdown. We had a minimum small lockdown back in like March 2020 when everyone locked down, but we had our full on lockdown in June this year. So it's weird to think like, mm. I don't know, it feels like your episode was so long ago because that lockdown just felt like a fucking decade. I know. <laughs> and at the same time, it's been like the quickest year of my life. But in some aspects, when I think back to when we recorded that first episode, it feels like it feels like a different lifetime. <laughs> I was cleaning up a hard drive the other day because I was running out of memory. And like I found Rowan's episode and mm. videos that must have been edited and posted to my OnlyFans around the same time. And I don't know, it just, it felt like, no, like these two events felt like different time periods. Yeah. I don't know, it's really jarring because it really does warp with your sense of time when... It does, it does. This year, like as I say, because of COVID and everything that's been going on, it's not been a normal, well, 20 months really. Yeah. The last few years has been, you know, very bizarre. So time has just kind of gone out the window. And the fact that, you know, we're, we're approaching the end of 2021 now, it's, I don't know when this will air, if it'll be 2022 by the time it goes out, but it's just been a very, very bizarre year. Yeah. Yeah. It will definitely be 2022 when this... Happy New Year, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Easter, everyone. (laughs) We're going to pretend we're not recording this in December 2021. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's like, it's even crazy just thinking how, like, me and Sammy met this year. Yeah. Like, because, yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, like, I feel like we've known each other for like several years or something. Yeah. 
Well, that was another thing I was thinking because I'm looking at a bit of time off over the new year and I'm like, oh yeah, well, I don't have any studies to do this time because last time I used that to get caught up on my studies, not that it really worked, but I was thinking, oh yeah, like, did I edit the podcast, like get a, a jump start of the podcast last year? And then I was like, fuck, the podcast hadn't even been conceived yet. I didn't know you. It feels like it's been, we've been doing this for a lot longer than a year. Yeah. <laughs> In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, it is a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was, uh, okay, because I'm kind of right now doing like a retrospective kind of thing of the year. And so I was like looking at like different months of like what happened in each month. Mm. And yeah, it's like, and I remember like, because one of the first things I did this year was uh, my gag reflex story with Mike and that yeah it's like that it, it feels like that happened like months before you and i met and we started the podcast and everything and it was like literally just like a month before that like yeah well that'll be interesting to see i'm actually working on for january uh gag reel so by the time this goes down i'll have hopefully already posted it unless i decide it's too much effort i've made like a spreadsheet where i've gone through all my videos and I'm like okay there's a on-screen gagging in this one I'm going to put them all together and post it as like a gag reel. Mm, yeah, good idea. Yeah, it's not at all out of desperation because my fans are dwindling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought it'd be fun. So I'd do my From the Vault series. And it'll be something different. Mm-hmm. Bit of pixie dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I figure I've done that many gagging scenes. I may as well utilise all this footage and throw it all together. Well, who doesn't like a gagging scene? It's one of my favourite things. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's gagging scenes and behind the scenes stuff that people seem to really go for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And feet. Well, like um, they've got Bondage Man Brazil, that guy. I love him, like Man Bondage. Uh, when he posts up his videos, he posts up his main video and the behind the scenes. I prefer watching the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. I remember like a gag sampling video or something like that, like where he kept, like it was the same guy and he just kept trying different gags on him. And, and it seemed like something behind the scenes because he, the guy would get in and out of character in between yeah. um, like gags and everything. And yeah, like I always found that interesting. <laughs> it's it's just because you're seeing the real person, you're, they're not acting. And yeah. whilst there's, there is a, it's good fun watching porn or, or, you know, scenes where you're told to struggle and moan, you know, with, you know, there's a, a big um, audience for that. But for watching, you know, them having a little laugh at the background and putting the gag on and taking it off and just being themselves, to me, that's more, that's hotter. Yeah. Much hotter. I like, look, let's be honest. When you see a video where someone is struggling and moaning, usually 99% of the time, it's fake. Yeah. Because when you're tied up like that, you're not sitting there. If no one's watching you, you're not sitting there struggling and moaning. You might be struggling a little bit just to feel that you're constricted. Mm-hmm. But you're not moaning and putting on a show. No. But no one wants to see you just laying there like a stud mullet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And I've, I've played with many people who do that. And it's like, this is a bit boring. <laughs> well, clearly you're not torturing them hard enough. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe that's my problem. I'm not a very good dom. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There is a place for like kind of... I don't know, like, kind of, like, if the Dom is, like, doing something else and you're just kind of tied up off to the side or something, but, yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of different. Like, I don't know, most sessions don't necessarily go like that. Oh, well, no, I'm, I'm not saying that's not, that's not good. 
that's good to participate in. It's just not good to watch from a third person point of view. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I saw someone earlier this year who wanted me tied next to him whilst he was doing a business meeting. <laughs> so he was on a, it wasn't on a camera. It was just on, you know, voice call. Oh. And I was literally strapped to a chair next to him. And I was told, obviously, I couldn't make any noise. So that was different kind of hot because I've never experienced that before. So he would literally just reach over and start like playing with me whilst he was talking to like 12 other people in a business call. And I was like, this is this is insanely hot he's never done this before but normally it's all about you know how much you can struggle and moan and I'm like I literally can't make a noise well I couldn't anyway because I was heavily gagged but because you knew that it was like in secret and it was like you know something quite naughty it was I would like to do something like that again yeah (laughs) even if you can't you don't have to be completely quiet those kind of moments are really hot though yes like there was a time where when COVID first hit Brandon was studying online we both were home that day. So I got into hog me in the other room and I was only a few inches away from him. So if I had have made a lot of noise, they would have heard, but yeah. I didn't have to be completely quiet, but it was just so hot to think he's in there. Yeah. All these people are talking to him. Unknowingly, he's got a fucking hog guy on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> it's hot. Another time I was hogged out here. He was in bed. We won't go into the safety aspect of that, but... <laughs> I was on the floor, he was in bed, and but our window was open and I could hear these people walking past and I was thinking like, I could start like yelling out. They'd probably hear it. I remember you mentioning that before and that gives you kind of the aspect of a kidnapped feel that there's yeah. real life people outside and little do they know that you're inside bound and gagged on the floor. It gives that kind of, you know, kidnapped hostage feel and that's what you want, part of the, the fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, I do have a very small fantasy of I would love to be tied up somewhere in the house while visitors are over. Yes, Mm. yes. I don't know how we could make it work. Could you imagine if you were found, though? (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Because you could easily say, like, oh, Sam's out or Sam's in bed. But then Mm. if I, like, something did go wrong or, I don't know, I fucking started freaking my sinuses fucked up so that you could hear me freaking trying to breathe or something or... I was even thinking, like, there's nowhere in any of these bedrooms where you could really hide me. Like, Mm. say, for example, someone wanted to use a bathroom and opened the wrong door. There's nowhere in the rooms that I could be where you wouldn't see it at first glance. Yeah. And, yeah, I've, I've thought about it. Trust me. <laughs> it's it's funny because the very first like role play that I did with somebody, like I was like like something like I was hosting like some kind of a party while he was like tied up in a closet in my bedroom and like just 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 kind of doing like that whole thing of like you know being like a regular party host and just kind of like, oh yeah, I don't I don't know where he is or whatever, and then going into the room and like torturing him and things like that. <laughs> I love that. Love that. I need to do that again. <laughs> Again, <laughs> do tell. Well, like I said, when I did it with a guy who was I was tied up next to when he was on a business call. Oh, okay. But there was also another time with my my ex partner. It wasn't really the same. Like I wasn't tied up, but he had you know people around downstairs that I didn't really know. So I just said I'll just go upstairs and watch TV or something. And he would come upstairs and he was he'd had a few drinks or something, and then he would just like shove his hand over my mouth and start playing with me or something he was like I'm going to do this all night I'm going to come back up and and you're not going to be able to to come until I say so and I was like oh this is extremely horny and the more drunk he got the more rough he would get and it was again I wasn't tied up or anything but just that kind of element of him saying guys I'm just popping upstairs to see how 
how Gaz is getting on, and then you know, five minutes later coming back down. It's it was different. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See, I'm a cunt, so I would think, yeah, that's nice, but I'm not tied up, so I don't care. I think he was just worried that people would come upstairs. Yeah, okay. And then he had quite a, a la-di-da kind of posh job, and that wouldn't go down well. If <laughs> well, yeah, look, if they if they know you're there, then there is that risk. Yeah, that's different, yeah. They knew I was there. I understand that completely. I did have a... Oh God, I have talked about this on the, on the previous episode. A guy I was visiting for a week or so, he had another friend over for dinner and he did tie me up in his bedroom mm. upstairs. But he wouldn't tape gag me because it was not safe. So it was just a bandana gag. But I remember he... I think he tied my hands, put like these like Velcro restraints on me and handcuffs and I was in a hot tie. But like all of them were like easy enough to get out of. Yeah, yeah. So eventually I, I did get out of it and I was just sitting watching, I believe it was Come Die With Me. And then I was getting hungry. So I was kind of annoyed that he left me up there so long and mostly untied. <laughs> well, that's uh, kind of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Very on trend what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So the other question is, so um, I guess, so are, do you have any new, I guess, bondage moments or anything like that, like from sessions that you'd like to share? So I think the last time I spoke to you is I, I mentioned I, re- I separated from my husband. So I hadn't really got to play much. Um, I, hadn't, I played a little bit, but as I said, when lockdown was kind of relaxed here um, in the summer, I then was able to meet quite a few people. And one of them, well, it was three main sessions. Like one was with Gagged 16. And he came over and it was the first time we met, but we've been wanting to meet for ages. And it was just perfect. Like I got tied up in so many ways. I mean, some of the contents on my Instagram and and, and Twitter, and it's it's well received, but we just clicked perfectly. We, We we had the exact same interests and the exact same turn-ons that the whole, you know, three or four days he was here. It was just, everything was perfect. Even when we went out uh, for drinks in Glasgow, the whole thing was just, I couldn't, it couldn't have been better. And then fast forward, you know, a, a month or so, I then went to Ireland and met up with Struggler, Gag16 and Shane. Um, but all three of them, we went over to do some scenes for ropes and whatnots website and you know in my 32 years it was probably the hottest weekend of my life (laughs) mainly because as well I think it was heightened because you know I've not been able to have such a a kinky night in you know years yeah so it was not only because they were attractive guys and we had a great time but the bondage itself was just something I've never really experienced before so it was kind of a a new adventure for me but one that was just extremely horny it was just it went really quick because I was only there two days and then the final one was the kind of last time I was tied up was guys that I've been speaking to on recon who are into cop play like police police uniform play and we arranged a kidnap scene and they live quite far away from me it took me two hours to to get there but we arranged it all I was going to you know get into their car and because there was two of them there were partners one would be in the back seat and he would gag me and they would take me away and whatever so of course the adrenaline was pumping I've not really done a kidnap scene in years and years and years and I'd never met them before but I knew of people who had met them so I knew they were they were trustworthy and we met and again it was only for one night but it was a new experience for me they grabbed me they tied me up they put me in the boot of the car or as Americans would say the trunk of the car (laughs) 
mm-hmm. and drove around. They then take me to their house. I was blindfolded the whole time. And then they stripped me and put me into a full cop uniform, all leather with knee high boots and the and it was official gear. They knew someone in the police who got them all the official stuff. And then they took me over to this full length mirror, mirror and took the blindfold off. And I was a bit in shock at what I saw because I'd never obviously imagined what I would look like as a full on leather policeman. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell. And the guy was like, yep, you want to fuck yourself, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, um, I kind of do. <laughs> it was my first experience in full leather. And the fact that I was then roped up really tightly with it and, and played with for hours by two guys who were also dressed as cops. Again, one of the hottest nights I've had in a long time. Yeah, and one that I would love to to repeat. So I have spoke to them after. And, and what made it nicer afterwards when, you know, the deed was done, shall we say, mm-hmm. I then realized that they lived in like a mansion. Like they lived in like a 12 bedroom house in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, what the fuck? I was not expecting this. Usually I meet people and it's kind of grungy in houses that I'm like, I feel like I need to go and have a wash or have tetanus jab. <laughs> You know, and then I, I'm walking around like, you guys are millionaires. So not that that's important, but it kind of added a nice <laughs> surprise element to the to the whole kidnapping. <laughs> I feel like it opens up a new world of possibilities. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I've now started looking into getting some leather because gear was never really a big thing for me. But I've, having experienced it now and, and being tied in it, it was extremely hot. You know, the smell, the feeling, I'm sure everyone else who loves leather will agree. It's just a different feel. Yeah. But it's not cheap. So I am looking around a few things. I've been given some links from people um, from affordable leather. So watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully by the time this episode goes to the presses. I've got some leather. <laughs> yes. We want to see you in your full leather gear, the cap, the boots. Yes, that's that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> so yeah, those three sessions in the last six months have been extremely memorable and very, very hot. So yes, I'm making up for lost time. <laughs> Good. Yeah. All right. So let's get on to this week's viewer question, which comes from Bound Switch 2018. So... Now, I know your mother knows, <laughs> but have you told any friends or family about your kink? And if so, how did you manage to break out of your shell and tell them? Yes, like I think most of my close friends, more so my friends than my family, um, know that I'm kinky. They might not know what kind of kink. They know it's kind of, you know, rope and tape and stuff like that. My sister found a photo on my laptop when I was really young and I tried to pretend it was one of those pop-up adverts. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> Work with your mum, but not with the sister. Yeah. And then the story that I'm going to tell later on about when bondage went wrong for me was another reason why everyone kind of found out in, in our circle of friends. And then there was another, my, my ex-flatmate had a friend who, who, who wanted to date me and I said no, because he just wasn't my type. Um, he kind of then started to search for me and Google me and became a little bit strange. But then he found lots of photos of me on Tumblr and there were photos of me in me and my flatmate's apartment. And there was some times where I would use my flatmate's bedroom and he had a weight bench. So some of those photos you've seen of me on the weight bench, you know, tied it was not my weight bench. It was it was his. <laughs> so and there was also a photo of me with his trainer, his sneaker taped to my face. Oh, oh that's awkward. <laughs> so he sent it to my flatmate and said, did you know your flatmate is 
is doing this in your flat and using your bedroom. Now, luckily for me, my flatmate was so laid back. He didn't really care. He was like, oh, that's a bit weird. So he said to me, he was like, so I believe you've been taped to my weight bench. And how did my shoes smell? (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, how did you see that? And I was so embarrassed. And he was like, I was sent it by such and such. And I was like, what a fucking prick. Why would he do that? Also, you don't just come across my pictures you have to be looking for them yeah you know and that's what I've always said about you know having an open Twitter page I'm not really worried too much about that because you have to know what you're looking for to to find someone bound and gagged so when I was like you must have been looking for my name or something because I went by my real name back then so it would have been easier to find and they sent it thinking that my flatmate would be angry and kick me out but actually he found it quite funny he was like I actually feel sorry for you smelling my socks and shoes they were disgusting but he was like it's fine just next time let me know but you know I found it quite funny that you were that you were doing it but it made no difference but so he knows and I think he probably his friend well at the time probably told lots of people and then there's lots of our close friends and and that know know about it so I'm not ever ashamed about it if someone asks me about it I won't lie but I don't shout it from the rooftops yeah because I'm, I'm proud of my kink and I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of it's just it gets more complicated if you have a a job that might have issues with it but I'm a salesperson so it doesn't really matter (laughs) I'm not a teacher sorry (laughs) yeah oh fuck you dodged I mean obviously there was no interest there but you clearly dodged a fucking bullet with that guy yeah well I know and this is what I said to my flatmate I was like well if you wanted to date me he didn't really go the right way about it did he no because I remember seeing him again at my flatmate's birthday party I was like yeah I found out what you did and I was like and luckily it backfired because now that I feel I have no secrets on my flatmate I can tell him I'm play- I've got someone coming around tonight to tie me up and he would he wouldn't care whereas before I used to always have to do it secretly so he did me a favor and it backfired but I just thought you know stop being you know handle rejection better because we were younger at the time it's like you need to get used to it because it's going to happen a lot in your life so suck it up well on the off chance that he's still stalking you and he finds his podcast if you're listening you are a fucking cunt <laughs> Yes, he is. <laughs> I doubt he's still stalking me. I hope not, anyway. Um, but I know he's still single, so haha. <laughs> oh, well, you get what you give. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, in answer to your question, most of my close friends and family know about my kink. Okay. Yes, I don't think they'll look at it because <laughs> I don't think they would know where to find it, hmm. but they know about it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in a similar position where I'm not going to broadcast it, but I'm also not ashamed. Mm. There's only really one person that I interact with on a day-to-day basis that has a rough idea. Um, I have told a couple of friends that I mostly interact with online, but also like one of them has tied me up. It's the guy that hog tied me in his bedroom. He knows about it. There was another friend that I had from Melbourne who we've only met once. There's never been any like bondage involved, but he knows about it because he was the first one I told. And he's like, oh, does your husband know? Who do you think ties me up? Who do you think takes it? Actually, sorry, one of Brandon's friends also follows me, but he's also gay. So it was actually interesting because he mentioned he mentioned wanting to be tied up. And Fred was like, uh, did you find our OnlyFans? <laughs> and then he's like, you have an OnlyFans? Are you just joking? Yeah. Like, and you're like, no. <laughs> actually, Brandon was complaining about work the other day and the girls he works with like I'll just get an OnlyFans <laughs> he says awfully bold of you to assume we don't have one <laughs> they're like oh you're so funny Brandon <laughs> yeah funny it's like yeah little do they know little do they know yeah and like I know his mum knows we have handcuffs because mm-hmm. she's like oh yeah I have handcuffs too 
Yeah, well, straight people, straight people always assume that when you're kinky, it's just fluffy pink handcuffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mentioned that to someone the other day. I'm like, oh, they're not fluffy and pink. They're police grade. They're proper handcuffs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At our engagement party back in 2015, he was really drunk and he kept, I put him to bed because he was that slosh, but he kept getting out. Like, he was like, I think it is undies and like trying to like hug everyone, say goodbye. So he cuffed his head to the bed. Oh and then he t- he told his mum about it the next day. And she's like, oh, yeah, I have handcuffs too. <laughs> what about you, Nate? Does any of your friends and family know? Yeah, so none of my family. Yeah, I'm like, I haven't told them. Um, uh, yeah, it's like a friend I've had since like middle school who is also gay. Like he kind of, I guess, knows because, you know, we came of age together. So we kind of started discovering porn and mm. that sort of around the same times and I mean didn't like circle jerk or anything but <laughs> you know we we would kind of exchange like, porn sites that we discovered and things like that and that was around the time mm. I discovered captured guys and I remember kind of naively just saying oh I found this website called captured guys and like he sounded like he kind of knew about it but was like just like wasn't interested <laughs> and was like oh that's cool like whatever like and yeah it's like and I don't know I mean we don't like talk about it openly um he doesn't know about my Instagram but yeah I mean he seems like I mean if we if we talked about it he seems like he'd be fine with it but yeah so no family then <laughs> not that, that you know of not that you know of yeah yeah <laughs> they did hear you moaning behind the door so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean they, they, they have yeah they have <laughs> seen some shit like of course yeah it's like okay another thing is like with being a clothing fetishist is so I was obsessed with clothing I was obsessed with you know like wearing certain kinds of shirts and like things like that and so they would sometimes find shirts in weird places because you know as a kid you just kind of like oh shit and just like hide it so, like stuff it under the couch or something and then people are like what's this doing here and oh my god they can't let me see me wear- let them see me wearing a shirt <laughs> what will they think <laughs> this is when it's good if you've got a clothing fetish you can get away with a lot more yes <laughs> yeah I don't know that it's, it depends what it is really yeah you can get away with it but you feel awkward about it well it's it's weird because it's 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 an object that you're fetishizing I mean mm. you know like I'm not a transvestite but I feel like that's probably how transvestites feel when they you know put on like an, a nightie or something mm-hmm. like that or bra and panties or something like it's something you know it just feels weird that you see the clothes this way that you're doing this and it's like a weird kind of sexual thing and yeah it's like and then to be caught in that act is just kind of like Ugh. yeah <laughs> so hopefully that answers his question <laughs> Yeah, so, well, there was another part to it. Okay. Is there any advice you could give to our viewers on how to do the same? Just do what's right for you. If you've got a a kink that you're not ashamed of, or, you know, you you just have to know your friends and family who will accept it and who wouldn't. Yeah. Um, And also, you need to ask yourself, does it matter? Do they need to know? Is it going to change your life? Is it going to make you feel better? You know, because for me, I wanted to, because I didn't like having an element of my life I I felt I had to hide. Um, I'm just going to Ireland just to see these random guys. No, it's clear I'm going for kink. (laughs) So for me, I just wanted to be more transparent about things. But if you hardly see your family or they don't really have much involvement in your sex life, so why would you have to? So everyone's different. For me, it was important for some of my friends and family to know because I like having someone to talk to because most of my kink friends are not local, including you you guys, you are miles away. So it's good to have someone physically that I can sit and talk to about things. And yeah, they're not kink 
kinky themselves, but you know, they have their own sex life I'm not interested in. So we can confide in each other. If people don't need that, or they're quite happy getting it online, or they've got kinky friends they can talk to, maybe they don't need their friends and family to know. So my advice is just ask yourself, is it important to you? And if it is, tell them if it's not. Don't. And if you do tell them, remember, those who matter don't mind, those who mind don't matter. Exactly. My parents know, as I was saying before, because I didn't cover it up well enough when I was younger. And at fucking 16, I was fucking mortified that they know. Yeah. Obviously, I'm no contact with them now, but if I did get in contact with them and they're like, are you still doing that bondage shit? I'm like, I have a fucking girly fans with it and I have a podcast. Like... <laughs> But this is the thing, people People think it's something you do just to spice up the bedroom and you're like, no, this is part of you. It's not something that you can shake off for a phase that you're just trying out. It's something that is part of what you like. You know, it's just as important as sex to a lot of, a lot of us. And people, unless they're kinky themselves, will never understand that. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of you might not realise this, but every time we put out a call for viewer questions, Gaz is always front and centre, with a couple of good ones. <laughs> so as the king of our viewer questions, do you have any questions you would like to ask us right now? I think my question to you guys is how has your bondage social life changed since starting this podcast? It hasn't. No one talks to me unless I talk to them first. Well, that's, I mean, how, like if you compare your socials and, you know, who you talk to the time before the Bondage Games podcast, is it the same, different or better? Different, neither the same nor better. Like to say, okay, to say no one talks to me without me talking to them is unfair. Obviously, we have a circle of friends and I feel like not a single one of them actually messages me unless I message them first. Like not a single one, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like, again, we're all busy. Like, But then you have other people that will occasionally message you and say, hey, I love your podcast or will comment on your photos or videos and will message you about that. So it's different. I feel like with my bondage stuff, I guess because I'm not like new and fresh and flavor of the month i don't get as much messages about that it's yeah it's neither better nor worse just it's different slightly different okay and also i guess now that we're not all locked down less people are online and less frequently yeah so yeah it's like i mean because several things happened like this past year for me so it's kind of i mean i think the podcast helped and a certain kind of way because it reached you know it reached more people it was a little bit more personal things kind of like that so yeah so I mean I occasionally get you know the listener that's like oh I love your podcast I listen to it all the time I really connect with it things kind of like that but then I mean also like another big thing that sort of happened with me this year is um I I mean I started showing my face on Instagram and things like that so that kind of you know that was kind of like a whole different wave of things like that of you know people responding to me and things kind of like that and then also I moved like I you know I broke up with a boyfriend I was with for several years and moved from Indiana to Chicago so that was like another big like wave of like things of like getting to meet with people here um physically I mean so many kinksters on Instagram are in Chicago so yeah it's like so I mean yeah like I feel like since the podcast changed it has kind of you know helped with that but then the podcast was also just a part of all these other kinds of yeah. things that happened throughout this year. Yeah, so much has changed for you. It's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that with you. Like, since you've moved, you've obviously been meeting more people. You seem more, you seem happier. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's really good. Like, it's really good to see, and you should be really proud of how far you've come. Yeah, I remember how awkward when we were talking about bonded sessions. I remember how awkward it was, like you know, like back because I was like, I you know have the same few ha- you know like handful of like sessions that I've had, and I was like, you know, and I wasn't in a place at that moment to okay, well, I'm just gonna go and have a session this weekend or something. Like, I wasn't in that kind of situation. So yeah, it's like so recently, it's like I've talked about. A a lot of like people that I've played with and things that I've done and you know things like that and it's like yeah I didn't have any of this before like yeah we're, we're very similar then Nate we're, we're like blossoming and blossoming at the same time <laughs> so it's changed basically oh yeah it's changed for you, Nate, for lots of reasons. For you, Sammy, it's just different. For me, I mean, I've told you this before, like I answer all your questions because I was crying out for a podcast like this. I listen to a lot of podcasts and there's just not a lot of podcasts that I can relate to. All the kinky ones are either too kinky for me that I don't really relate to, but I listen to them because, you know, there was nothing else to listen to um, and I enjoy them. But with your podcast, it's the only one out there that, I actually relate to everything. Yeah. Um, and there was nothing like it. And I'm sure there's lots of other people that maybe don't reach out to you because they might not be on social media or they might be really young yeah. that you are actually helping a lot of people. And that's why you should do it. And I think we get we get this habit on social media of looking at how many downloads we get, looking at how many comments we get, looking at all the feedback. And really, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because it's all about the people that you don't see, the, the difference that you guys will be making to people just simply talking about your your love for bondage in tv shows you relate to so many people and i wish a podcast like this was available when i was younger yeah so it just gets so easy to get wrapped up in the the views and the comments and it's not important um and just know that you are making a big difference and that's why i will always support the podcast dude like i'm not an emotional person you're making me kind of get a bit (laughs) i don't know because look i'll be honest i've been in a really I've been in a very dark place lately and like I I know that like the, we do get the occasional message and like oh my god I love your podcast and I love even if we only have like two or three people who have to listen to our podcast I love that but then it is so easy to get into your head it's like I am putting in all this work mm-hmm. obviously we're not making money from it it's costing us money which I really don't give a shit I don't do it for money but it's kind of like am I doing it like is there any reason for it? And there is, and this is this is the thing. Like I do another show, and I've had a YouTube show with two other friends in my non kinky world, and it didn't take off. It didn't get thousands and thousands of, of followers. It had maybe three hundred followers, and yeah. every video we'd post out would get between a hundred and five hundred views. And we were like, "Why are we doing this?" And I said to them, "We're doing this because those videos we are putting out there are going to be there forever." Yeah. So anyone who types in any of the topics we're discussing in a year's time, two years time, five years time everything we're talking about is still going to be relevant you're putting stuff out there that's going to be there pretty much forever for someone to find and and that's why it's important and we heard back from maybe three people when we were we did an episode on transgender and episode on non-binary and all this stuff you know we heard from people that that those episodes like one of them said it changed their life another one said it talked them off the edge of being suicidal and I'm like that's made it worth it for us oh yeah again we don't make any money from what we do things like that I'm like that's why we do it mm. you know as much as I would just sign onto YouTube and be like oh we've not got that many views and it would be soul destroying you then we quickly then realize that's not why we do it we're doing it for us because it gives us an out you know a platform to speak what we're into but you're doing it for all the other people you don't 
see and the future people that are going to find your you know, YouTube channel or podcast way in the future. People who are maybe not even 18 yet, who'll turn 18, start searching for things and find out all your podcasts that are years old. That's why you do it. Yeah, it's the perfect attitude to have. Yes. Yeah. You're just very much in the nail on the head there. And that's also a good lesson for our viewers as well. If you're posting something, mm-hmm. even if it only gets one or two likes, like if you're touching one person yeah. and one person's feeling positive from the stuff you've made, then it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, we live in an Instagram world where it's all about the likes and the posts. And yes, it's, you know, builds up our adrenaline and all the endorphins in our body when we get, you know, a post that goes mental and it's great. And you're like, woo. But at the same time, you're like, you need to analyze why you're posting these things. If it's all about the views and comments and then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I know someone said that to me once. So like, like, are you basing your self-worth on the amount of comments, like likes you get? I'm like, yeah. well, I have no self-worth, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, maybe. Sometimes it's, it is very easy to get in that mindset. Yeah, yeah I know. You've just got to work hard to get out of that. And ev- everyone is guilty of it. So, yeah, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things I pointed out, like with a friend, um, like um, from conversation, is I feel like a lot of what we're doing, it's like we're, we're, we're modeling what it is to be into bondage and like just be like living a normal life. Yes. Like we're basically you know we're, we're, we're basically just kind of showing this to people that they don't live this kind of life because they're you know they're like closeted or repressed or just not ready for something like that and they're seeing us just basically like doing this and just like okay this is just normal yes like this isn't just porn or something like that and that's why your podcast is so different because it's not about porn you are having guests on that are very similar or you know you've had pup play on you've had guys into gear and you're you're kind of touching pretty much a lot of kinks within the the community hmm. um, but just speaking in a, a non-horny way and just being normal and normalizing this sort of stuff you know and that's why I applaud it and you know keep going keep going <laughs> I have to admit I have had a couple of good comments also acknowledging this is obviously we are very off topic I call us a tangent gaze as a joke <laughs> I want people to feel not like they're watching, like listening to just a fucking episode of something or like watching a bloody news bulletin. I want people to feel like they're sitting in our living room just chatting with us or listening to us chat. Like that's why I want the conversations to be very casual and I'm happy for us to go off topic and talk about anything. Yeah, well, we don't just randomly start talking about the weather. Yeah, You know, it's usually something kind of related. (laughs) Yeah, loosely. Loosely, yeah. I'm happy to talk about the weather or what we've cooked, what I have for dinner last night <laughs> yeah so no an answer to that question well, to the question you answered your life have changed a lot which is for different reasons but what I'm saying to you is the reason I always watch and and comment and get involved in anything you do is because I think what you are doing is brilliant so that was to sum up my little tangent there <laughs> I'm sure lots of people agree <laughs> yes that's one thing I very much appreciate from you is I feel like you are one of our biggest supporters and one of our greatest friends. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. But this is when you asked, you know, said what kind of topics do you think we should talk about? I was like, you know, it'd be good to talk about when bondage goes wrong. Yes. Because I've not really listened to a lot. You, you listen to a lot of podcasts to talk about safety and it's a bit... <sighs> a bit yawn, you know, because everyone knows kind of what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Safety, you know, use scissors, have a good way out, have a safe word, blah, blah, blah. We know all that. Mm-hmm. But we want to know about when it goes wrong. We want the juicy details. And that's why we're doing this episode. And we've got lots of interesting stories that have been sent. Yes. <laughs> 
Well, that's a nice segue. So, Gaz, would you like to tell your first story when things have gone wrong? So I'm going to basically do two stories in one because they're they're very similar. They both relate to being left alone. And a lot of the stories we got are kind of, you know, touch on that subject. But both were with two different people and two different bondage positions. The first one was with a guy that I'd seen once before. And it was actually the guy that had me tied up um, when he was on that business meeting. And he put me in a sleep sack. And it was one of those summer days, you know, back in July or something where it was so hot here in Scotland. It was, you know, a heat wave. And of course, Scotland, we don't have air conditioning in most of our houses. So you just had a little fan blowing. And I'm sure people who have been in a sleep sack or mummified in any way, they know it can get very, very, very hot. (laughs) So I was on his bed in this sleep sack. I was gagged with a vet wrap and tape and I had a blindfold on and he said, I'll leave you here. I need to go and do a call. So he went and did a call and I was quite content. I was quite happy. I knew he was just in the other room. And then he came back maybe after 10 minutes to check on me. Again, that was fine. He was like, I'm just going to be a little bit longer. Went away again. And then when he was away, I was like, "Mm, I kind of need a pee. And you know what it's like when you're in a position where you need the toilet and you're like, oh, I don't really want to, you know, all this effort to go to the toilet. I'll just hold it. It's fine. So another 10 minutes passed or something. And I started to get very hot. And I was like, oh. So he came back through and he was like, I'm so sorry. I've just got to do another call. I'm going to be another 20 minutes or so. And I was like, "Mm, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. I I, I just didn't want to be a a nuisance. I just said, okay, you know, kind of signaled it was fine. And then my mind did this thing that was stupid. I just kind of thought, wonder what would happen if I started to have a panic attack. <laughs> oh, no. And then you can imagine what happened. So I was like, I needed to start calming myself down. And I managed to calm myself down. But clearly the 20 minutes that he told me he was going to be had been and gone. And time started to be a little bit away with away with me. And I was like, has he forgot about me? I now really need to pee and I'm getting really, really hot. And then I started to think, who have I told that I'm here? Did I tell someone I was coming here? And I was like, what would happen if I just died right now? And then, of course, my heart rate started to pick up and I started to get really claggy and really, really hot and sweaty. And I was like, okay, I need to calm myself down because this is not good. I'm starting to, to see, well, not see, but I started to get little flashes in my in my behind my eyes. And my heart rate was pounding through the sack and through my chest. And it got to the point where I started to really, really panic. And I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And eventually I managed to just scream like to the top of my lungs and he came running through and he managed to get the gag off very quickly. And I was like, you need to get me out. You need to get me out. You need to get me out. And he unzipped me and luckily he didn't put any rope on it. He just unzipped me and got me out. And I was just like, I had to, you had to put me on like the floor and I was eventually I managed to calm down. I was like, I don't know what happened. You know, I've been <laughs> doing bondage for, for years. This has never happened before. And he was like, oh my God, it was my fault. I left you too long. I left you too long. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, well, I think it was just a mixture of leaving me too long. Yes. But I was so hot and I needed a pee and my mind started going to stupid places that it shouldn't go um, which made me panic so after that happened I was I didn't play for a while because I I quickly went home because I was like you know kind of the scene's kind of done yeah and then I played with one person in between hand that I knew and trusted and it was fine but then I went to meet another person that I'd been seen for you know 10 years He's not the best at bondage, but he 
he's into the whole kind of role playing kidnap thing. So I was like, again, I know what he's like. It's fine. So I went and we role played and he tied me up a couple of positions and then he put me into a hog tie, but he used zip ties. And I was like, oh, you know, zip ties don't do that much for me, but, you know, they serve a purpose. Restraints are restraints. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the plan was to then mummify me afterwards. I was like, well, this is just like a little segue into mummification. So he tied me with these zip ties and tied my legs and obviously attached them. And he put a, a cleave gag on. And I was like, well, not my favorite gag either. But again, can't always just be what I want. Yeah. And then he just went next door to the living room, which again, because he, he knew I like to just be left and struggle. And sometimes he would be gone 10 minutes and come back, blah, blah, blah. But this time it was just getting a little bit long and, you know, 20 minutes passed because he had a clock on the wall. So I could see this time and then 40 minutes passed and I thought this is this isn't right this is too long and then of course I started to think what if he's had a heart attack what if he's what if something's happened I'm like right I need to try and get out of this and I luckily managed to get my hands free because it was like zip tight so I could kind of wriggle and he didn't pull them too tight so I got out managed to get out my feet took the gag off and I kind of like waited on the end of the bed just to see how long because I was getting angry and I was like right if he is deliberately leaving me this long this isn't right this is really really poor on a a safety aspect and it got to an hour and I was like nope that's it so I put my coat on but at the same time I was like I better just check that he's okay so I went through to the living room and he'd fallen asleep so he was he was actually sleeping on the sofa watching tv and he'd fallen asleep so of course I was absolutely livid yeah (laughs) so I banged on the door and he was like oh oh oh, god oh oh sorry 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 I must have dozed off there and I was like do you know what time it is and I was like I've been through there an hour and he was like oh luckily you weren't mummified eh? and just laughed about it I was like no 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 and I was like luckily I managed to get out luckily your tie was shit and I managed to get out and I was like but you have that tv so loud that if I was moaning you wouldn't have heard me and I was just like no and he was like all right well we'll, we'll just continue I was like no I'm going home <laughs> no fucking chance and to this day I've not met him again I probably would have been passive aggressive about it and just fucking left I, th- I, I think if I wasn't so angry and I thought about that I kind of he's got a very squeaky door so he would have heard me but yeah. I should have just left yeah but I I, I was so disappointed because I'd been seeing him for years and I was just like well f- again thank god I wasn't in a position that I couldn't get out like because if I was mummified I would have been screwed yeah and that's when I'm like you know you cannot fall asleep when you've got someone next door yeah. tied up and gagged come on mm, yeah. and I was like and that was so shortly after that time I'd had my panic attack just like someone before so it put me off a long time for doing anything and then the, the next time I, I played was with gagged 16 and luckily that was all fine and it kind of made me fall back well, not, that, not that I fell out of love with bondage but it gave me that fear because you know in all the times I've been playing it was the only time that I actually felt shit has hit the fan here and this could go really wrong yeah and ever since that time when I was in the sleep sack I now tell people I've got three people that I give addresses to and tell them where I'm going and if I don't check in with them at a certain time they at least know where I, I, I am but that was my kind of main horror story before I get into the next one. Well, yeah, I was thinking if you could slip out in a way that would not wake him up, honestly, I'd have probably let him forget sleep because then he's going to wake up in God knows how long, two, three hours, and he's going to fucking shit himself. Yeah, you're right. It would be kind of a, a good lesson in a way. <laughs> well, I think he got a bit of a fright yeah. um, at the time because I think he just thought he dozed off for 10 minutes. But I think he then realised that, no, it's been an hour. Yeah. And he was very apologetic eventually. And then he did message me after it. But I just thought, I don't think you realise just that trust is now long, no longer there. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, yourself, anyone you play with, you know, 100% is all about trust yeah. if the trust is no longer there you can't really 100% enjoy it yourself yeah. yeah 
And it's just unfortunate that those two happen to be basically back to back. Well, I know. And this is because I've not been out in the scene for such a long time. You know, I was, I was hugely involved in the scene before I got with my partner. And then, you know, for five years I was out of it. So getting back into it and it's just bad luck that two of the people that I played with shortly after were, were bad experiences. And again, what, what was so frustrating, it was, from, it was from people that I trusted. It wasn't like a new person I'd met. And I was like, OK, at least I know not to meet them again. It was people that I went to because I had trust in them and that's what made it worse yeah so it's interesting you mentioned you're freaking out this guy had a heart attack because i know there was one night i was left tired and it got to a point where i just got really dehydrated Mm. i was a bit sore but i could have dealt with the pain but i was incredibly dehydrated and part of it was too i was like i haven't heard it oh no i did kind of try and get brandon's attention and i wasn't hearing anything and then i'm like freaking out thinking like fuck has he like, I don't know, friggin' stroked out in his sleep or mm. I think he might have had a bad back or something. Like, is he throwing his back out or I don't know. It's interesting that you get into those mindsets. And also you mentioned, oh my God, more than 20 minutes has passed the first time. Did more than 20 minutes pass or is it just your concept of time is warped? I, I think it ended up being about half an hour. So it was. Okay. Yeah. Because I think I'm quite good with time. You know, I know kind of roughly in my head what time has passed unless I go into subspace and I kind of, you know, go into days or something but I knew that it'd been longer than 20 minutes which is why the panic attack came on more because I thought well if he's already over that how how much longer is he going to be I really need to pee I'm getting really hot yeah and then you know worked myself up into a frenzy that then caused me to have the panic attack and because I never experienced anything like it before I was I was I was really scared yeah so of course it's like the last thing you want when you're in a horny position is to like feel like you're going to die yeah so trying to get back into that subspace I'm like yeah it's kind of over I'm I'm going home <laughs> yeah look once the session's ruined it's ruined you can't really get back in that space you need time yeah 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 so this really relates to i mean my story because so i wasn't okay so one uh with the guy i've been playing with who's like basically a neighbor of mine i mean we've done things where he has left me to go and do things like briefly um but he's like doing things so he wouldn't like fall asleep or something and then i mean also we've been playing around with a, a nanny cam kind of baby monitor sort of thing that he has so i mean number one that makes it a little bit hotter and number two it's also safe because he could at least you know monitor me and like check in and stuff like that like look on his phone and see me and then um he also had like the audio like with his um headphones so he could hear me the whole time so okay yeah so we did that but so okay so the pictures i posted a few weeks ago of me uh chained to the bed that was like our like first like official kind of um shoot with those and you know we were experimenting with where to put the camera and and then we noticed that he had like a metal circle thing just like above his bed so he and it was the thing is magnetic so he thought like okay well we can you know let's try sticking it on there and see the kind of angle we could get from the ceiling and he discovered that like after I was already chained down and he likes um locking me and things like that like he loves using locks and chains and things like that so yeah like so I was already completely strapped down when he decided he wanted to do that so you know I was like just laying on the bed unable to move he got on the bed to try you know to put it on 
uh, to put it on the ceiling and he kind of like stumbled a little you know he kind of lost his balance for like a second and then I mean and he got it mounted and then you know he got off the bed safely and everything but like just that like little brief second of like him losing his balance like just like completely freaked me out like I mean I still went went on with the session I was fine but yeah like but you know it was just on the back of my head of like okay so like what if he would have like fallen and hurt himself and Mm -hmm. I have no conceivable way of getting out of this like I am completely just you know chained and locked to this bed yeah it's like like that kind of you know that kind of freaked me out a little bit but it was no big deal and then I mean he even talked about it afterwards of like he's like I'm very aware of the fact that I use chains and locks and things like that so like it would be irresponsible of like of me as a dom to do something stupid that would you know like not only hurt you but something that would hurt me and prevent you know and prevent me from you know being able to get you loose and things like that if you ask any dom or sub it's one of the biggest fears is you know you can be the most safety person ever but sometimes you just don't know when you're going to have a heart attack or you fall down a flight of stairs because of something or or something yeah and that's my biggest fear is i want to be immobilized i don't want to be able to move yeah and i want to not be able to speak so if all of a sudden i i then see someone collapse and number one you're like well you can't help them you can't give them cpr you can't you know do anything you can't call for help and i'm like that would be my worst nightmare and i think if you ask any sub who's into bondage they would say the same thing yeah um, and I've spoken to people about this before and they're like yeah you know you can be the safest as possible but you know you this is why it's so important to tell someone that you're going to be playing because you just don't know when a situation like that is going to happen like if the guy you were playing with fell and hit his head and you're like well I'm now fucked because I can't get out he's bleeding to death right next to me you know yeah <laughs> and you can't help but think what would I do um because if you had your gag out you can maybe like shout Alexa call an ambulance or something <laughs> But it's this a huge fear of mine, and I'm sure a lot of fear for everyone else. Yeah, 100%. Mm. I've often wanted Brandon to tie me and leave me. I know it's not safe, um, so we don't really do it. But I feel like if he did tie me up and leave me, I'd be in a position where I could, if I really, really needed to, I could probably get the gag loose enough to breathe. So mm. I feel like I would be okay. I still wouldn't recommend it. Never leave a sub. Mm. But the f- biggest fear is what if he goes out and gets in a fucking car accident? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or as you say, even just in the house, has an accident in the house. Yeah. Or, or as I say, if something goes wrong with his heart, he has a stroke, he has a heart attack. And these are things that you none of you can control. Yeah. What is your what is your get out of jail free card? There isn't one. You know? <laughs> Best not think about it though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've ruined the session tonight if you're still going to play tonight you're like yeah I'm not in the mood now sorry <laughs> We're not. No, well I was thinking about it the other night so I was really annoyed because I got the last two or three times he's tied me he's so we have it when he does the hog tie mm. he'll tie he'll bring the ropes around he'll tie them at the front of my feet so if my hands are crossed I shouldn't be able to grab it but it's come kind of loose the last couple of times so I've been able to get to it and I'm that person who if I can untie it I will I don't want to just pretend it's not there like <laughs> and so I've gotten been able to get somewhat loose 
But also there was that. And he left the scissors like right next to the fucking bed I was laying on. So I think I could have got them. I would have had to do a bit of contortioning, but I was thinking the other day, like he could put it on, like we have a speaker that we use as a stand for when we film. And I was thinking, oh, he could put the scissors on that. And then if I absolutely fucking had to get out, I could like somehow manage to get myself onto the floor. I'd probably give myself a concussion, but I could get onto the floor and then I'd have to just somehow manage to knock over the speaker because it's not exactly heavy. And then there I've got scissors so yeah i think i could make it work that's a good idea to always have something available near you that you can use to get out yes whether it becomes painful or not it's sometimes either surviving or not surviving it's you'd rather go for a bloody finger to losing your life (laughs) yeah so to be the position where it's far enough that it's not like i'd go for it just for the sake of it like a loose knot i would yeah but it's there if i need it yeah exactly that's it for tonight but yeah there we'll definitely get into all of your stories and and plus our stories um in the coming episodes um so yeah so we'd like to thank gaz for joining us for this thank you (laughs) all right um yeah uh, we'll all be back uh next week to uh, continue the safety and bondage discussion so until next time i'm nat and i'm sammy i'm gaz and he's gaz <laughs> not everyone knows gaz yeah <laughs> the man that needs no introduction gaz get out of here <laughs> i wish <laughs> see you next week guys bye